Hey everyone, this is Cameron, um, and this is just a little update. Uh, this is obviously isn't a sermon or anything like that, but I just, I, with in light of everything going on, I wanted to take a minute to sort of address uh, this craziness that we find ourselves in, and, and kind of talk about some of the things we're doing as a community in response. Give a bit of the reasoning, and just yeah, uh, this this could all be found in the latest newsletter that's that's going out uh, here shortly. But yeah, it just felt a bit more personal to get to kind of talk through things, express express the tone of it a little more clearly than just through big blocks of text. So um, if you're listening to this, thank you. Um, and as I've said before, I'll say it again, it, uh, who could have possibly thought that this would be the kinds of conversations we'd be having uh, a month into our time here as, as a brand new church community? Uh, but here we are. Um, and so... Uh, we have been thrown a curveball, and we're gonna we're gonna roll with it and try to honor God and, and honor our city and our neighbors as best we can in the midst of it. So, um, a few a few big updates to talk through. Number one, um, we have decided uh, to cancel indefinitely all of our Door of Hope Northeast gatherings, both big group and small group, and so. Uh, this does include worship gatherings, community groups, prayer meetings, um, change groups, uh, leader meetings, you know, any anything like that um, until further notice. Uh, so we, we don't know how long that's going to be. We've got a four-week uh, ban um, from, from the governor of Oregon. Um, things could extend beyond that. We just, we don't know. Uh, so we're going to play it by ear. Um so that's number one. Uh, that's that's a bummer to me. I'm, I'm sure it's disappointing to many of you, um, but it's it's the reality we have, and so we think that's the the wisest and uh, and best best decision to make at this point. So number two, um, just just as as your pastor, um, I just want to encourage everyone, uh, just just directly to to continue to comply. With with all the guidance issued by our local and federal governments, uh, as as that as that um, guidance develops, so we know this this thing is changing by the day. It's changing. Sometimes it feels like by the hour, um, but we just want to uh, do our part to um, comply uh, and and participate in a way that's helpful. Um, the trend seems to be toward. Uh, limiting gatherings to smaller and smaller sizes. Currently, the federal government is suggesting not to gather with more than 10. Um, could get even tighter than that in the coming days. We don't know. So yeah, for, for that, that's part of the reason we've, we've decided to cancel even our small groups. But I just wanted to mention, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons um, th- that motivate people's response to this. And I'm going to put this in the email, but um, I think this is a huge opportunity for us to view these, what, what for some of us may feel like really inconveniencing or frustrating or, or, or even like an overreaction in some ways to, to the coronavirus, um, to, to, to reframe it as, as an issue of neighbor love. And so biblically, I just want to point out again and again, and it's even a main theme that we're going to see in First John when we get back to it. Uh, but that that for in in the Bible the love of neighbor 
and the love of God are, are essentially inseparable. And I just want to briefly just quote two, two biblical passages to you. First, in Matthew 22, when Jesus is asked, uh, verse 36, Teacher, what's the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. But then Jesus goes on, he says, And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. And so what Jesus is doing here is he's, and this is very much in step with the Old Testament he's inherited, um, but he, he's tying the love of God to the love of neighbor in, in a, an incredibly inextricable way. And so um, he says all kinds of things throughout the Gospels that, that essentially say, if, if you want to show your love for God to be genuine and sincere, you express that in your love for neighbor, at least in part. Um, in 1 John 2, which we're going to get to um, <laughs> sometime soon together in our teaching series, but uh, John writes, Beloved, I'm writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you've heard. At the same time, it's a new one I'm writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Here's the part that's relevant for us. He says, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness. And that's 1 John 2, 7 through 11. And so John even takes what Jesus said in, in Matthew and he, he kind of comes out from the other side. He says, not only do you need to love God and love neighbor, but, but if you say you love God, if you say you have fellowship with him in the light, but you hate your brother, it's evidence uh, that, that the light and life of Jesus has not taken root fully in your heart and in your soul. Um, the way we love our neighbors evidences the reality of our love for God and, and Jesus. And so, um, so with that being the case, um, you know, regardless of your own individual feelings about the danger of the virus to yourself or your immediate family or whatever, um, we really believe that by following the developing guidelines around like social distancing and all this kinds of stuff, um, we're actually getting to play a very real part in slowing the spread um, of the disease, of the virus, and, and, and by that allowing our healthcare system to keep up uh, as things begin to ramp up. And so uh, as, odd, as odd as it is to say, I mean, th this runs counter to like, there, there's a passage in Hebrews I got to preach at Southeast a few months ago that says, you know, don't neglect meeting together. Um, that's the, you know, so much of Christianity is about gather, 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 be together, press into relationship, do life together. So uh, at this time, though, as odd as it is to say, keeping physical distance from one another is at this moment a way to tangibly love one another and our neighbors and that is bizarre to say, but I believe that is the truth right now. And I think that's a way we, we both honor God and honor our neighbor. So I just want to put that out there. Um, whatever, you know, your perception is of what may be motivating um, these kinds of things. I, I hope for us as followers of Jesus, um, loving concern for the other and especially those most vulnerable, the immunocompromised and the elderly, um, healthcare care workers and so on and so forth 
would be at the forefront of our hearts and minds as we as we really do sacrifice something valuable, time together, um, to uh, to care for our neighbors. So I just want to say that that's number two. Number three, yeah, and this is a really important one as well, is that um, though again foregoing community like physical in-person community is so unnatural for churches or, or at least it should be um we we do want to recognize like we, we we're in a blessed time for for this kind of thing because of the modern technology that we have um, we, we actually are pretty blessed in our ability to stay connected though we can't be together physically and so i just want to note we're gonna we're gonna continue to um, send out a weekly message uh, although um I'll get into it in a second. We're we're gonna pause on First John, and we're gonna try to try to get our whole Northeast community to rally around the Gospel of John, um, uh, in our own personal devotional readings. That we might have something to do together, and even to call up one another and discuss together. Uh, and so weekly, we'll we'll be publishing a little uh, you know sermon or a devotional from from something in that re- in that week's reading from John. Um, so that'll be a, a, a weekly thing. Um, we'll continue to use this newsletter uh, more regularly uh, to communicate updates as they happen, uh, as well as a, as an avenue for sharing prayer requests. I think our church is small enough that that's a reasonable thing to do in that uh, in, in the newsletter. So there's check the newsletter for info on that. And then we're going to just be brainstorming other ways to to communicate practical needs as they come up around the community. I mean, we don't know the economic impact uh, that this is going to have on on some of our people, and so we want to be aware and make those needs known and, and try to meet them. Um, and then just on top of that, I, I mean, we live in the age of, of the internet and cell phones and FaceTime and all that. And so um, I, I just want to encourage everyone to, to consider trying to go the extra mile and just reaching out to friends, to community group members, to even just acquaintances, someone maybe you just met for the first time at Door of Hope Northeast uh, via, via email um, via phone calls, again, via FaceTime, um, that we would, we would up our ante just as a community that, that, that checks in and that cares and that makes time for, for, uh, for more check-ins than we did before. Um, and, and a really inspiring thought to me was like, this is an opportunity for us to be more intentional relationally than maybe we ever have before with, with the, the members of our, of our local church. And so, um, man, if, if, if that happens, that would be a pretty amazing fruit of, of this weird time that we're stepping into as a community and, and, and a fruit that will pay dividends over the months and years to come once we are able to gather together. Um, so, uh, yeah, those are the three main points. I, I did just want to mention again, um, I, I just, just mentioned it, but I want to, I want to loop back around to it that, um, an idea that we've had for another connection point is, is to gather around the same scripture together. Um, and, and that's something that uh, Door of Hope has experimented, uh, Door of Hope Southeast has experimented with it at different times, but it feels really apt at this time for us in Northeast to, to try to even, even use our own devotional reading of the scripture to do something uniform and together and communal, um, both just to know, like, Hey, I'm doing this alongside a group of people. I might not see them. I might not talk to them today, um, but but I know that we're unified around the same things, um, even though we are separated. Uh, and secondarily, that we might have something to talk about and discuss and pray through together as we 
as we do hopefully pursue one another. And so, again, uh, in the newsletter, we're going to have a, a little uh, a little guide. It's it's very simple, but essentially, we're going to take you know three or four chapters of, of the Gospel of John per week, and just read through them. Um, for our devotional reading. And so uh, that, that might look like dividing it up over the course of the week or just reading through those several uh, chapters all together daily um, so that you're reading through the same thing uh, yeah, repetitiously. Um, and, and then, you know, if you don't have a well-developed kind of devotional practice yet uh, with, your, with the scriptures, um, there's just some, some basic ideas. And, and honestly, I'm happy to email you back if you if you want more ideas or something more thorough, but just uh, you know, journaling through it, praying in response, meditating on a, a passage of it, um, and then and then just setting a goal, like maybe once a week, trying to connect either with your family or roommate, or or calling up somebody from the church or your community group over the phone uh, to just chat through these things. Like, what did, what what did you read? Like, or we know what you read, but how has the Lord been speaking to you through this, and um, what questions do you have? What do you think the Lord is is trying to communicate through this text? Um, and yeah, it just seems like it'd be a beautiful way for us to kind of, in a very micro way, stay in touch. And so, um, hey, if you're if you're considering doing that, and I'd encourage everyone to really consider it. But but if you think you're going to take the plunge, um, email me and let me know. I, I I'd love to just kind of have a running list of who's doing this together, and and maybe even be able to put those people in contact with one another. Um, so. Gospel of John, let's do it. And that'll tee us up for when we do get back to 1 John, once we're able to gather again, uh, we'll have some really awesome background and context. And I think that's going to really enrich 1 John for us by spending time in John's gospel. Um, so that's kind of it for right now. Uh, updates are going to continue to come. We're going to keep our eyes on the news. We're going to continue to consider how we can, as a community, be a helpful presence in the face of this kind of unprecedented thing that we're walking through. Um, and so I just want to leave with with uh, one more biblical passage. This is something that's been getting passed around both Dwarf Hope Southeast and, and Northeast and, and, and seems apt. Um, from Psalm uh, 46, 1 through 3, it just is a reminder that while only God knows what the heck the next week and months are going to look like for our church and, and the world, um, nevertheless, these words are true. Uh, Psalm 46, 1 through 3 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah.